Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 31 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, back again with the best hosts in the business every week, like clockwork. They're here. They're crunching the numbers right now. I see them on the screen. Time for bad radio. But Jace Burke, crunching numbers. Max Zoller, grin face, crunching numbers. Our viewers at home can't listen, but they are uh, – sorry, cut that. Our viewers at home can't see, but they're always grinding and crunching the numbers. What's going on, man? Dude, happy to be here. I mean, we were just talking about it 31 weeks in a row. It's been an honor. Uh, I mean, I like, I think we talk about stocks a lot, but this is like, we're just getting started and uh, we're on a good upward trend here. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think uh, this is a, this is a beautiful time of year. We got free agents signing, we got trades happening. You know, this, we started the podcast in the off season, really started talking about fantasy football a lot together in the off season. So uh, this is honestly, this is probably my favorite time of the year. Go make some trades. You know, you could lose big, you can win big. It's there's a lot of variability right now, a lot of unknowns. So uh, it, it's a good time in my mind. Rivaled by the first week in the NFL regular season. This is my favorite week in the year because you have March Madness. You have NFL free agency. And on top of this little cherry on top. You know, when the stars align, MLBPA finally uh, broke the lockout and we get MLB free agency all in the same week. It is a perfect stars aligning moment. Um, and with the kind of theme of this week and nobody getting any work done uh, at their jobs because of all the free agency news, I just wanted to see, you know, filling out your brackets, free agency news. It's hard to, to figure out. I did want to hear before we get into the pod and get too serious on all this free agency business, who's your favorite to win the tournament? And then with that being said, who's your favorite to make it to the sweet 16 underdog to make it to the sweet 16. Boom. Got them both. I'm not going to pick Gonzaga. I'm not going to pick a one seed. I'm going to go a little better. I'm going to pick Villanova. Jay Wright. Jay Wright's a good coach and they have the experience to win the championship this year. Uh, but easy I, path. Pretty, yeah, I think when they play Ohio State in the second round, it could be pretty tough if Ohio State gets healthy. Um, I don't really know much about college basketball, but number seven seed, Murray State to the Sweet 16. Shout out John Morant. That's right. It's the only reason I pick them. They're 30 and two, actually. Super producer Nick C, do you have any? To be honest, uh, I haven't done any, any research for college basketball, but I guess I'll just go with the easy pick and say Gonzaga. An underdog, I mean, I don't know. Akron, take the home dogs, Akron. Oh, UCLA going down. All right, let's hear it, Chase. Um, winning it all, every time I've ever done a bracket, I've never chosen a, a different winner. I'm a big Kentucky Wildcats fan. To the heart, I bleed blue. They're, they're going to win it all. It's been a while since they've done it. Uh, my sleeper, Coach though. Coach got to show up. Coach Cow got to show up, man. The freshman got to show up. Um, but uh, the sleeper to make it to the Sweet 16, how about Michigan, the 11 seed? 
lined up against Colorado State in the first round. I, I don't Juwan know. Howard throwing punches to get his team there. Yo, absolutely. Get the get the boys fired up for March Madness. You know, if you got a swing, you got a swing. That's fair. Um, myself, I will be rooting for the Jesuit team out west uh, in Gonzaga. I, I think they're an insanely complete team. I've probably watched 10 of their games this season just by them being on late at night. They're an incredible, incredible team. Chet Holmgren is the skinniest, like, good player at basketball. I think he beats Kevin Durant. I think he's got less meat on his bones than Durant does. Kids, yeah, kids camera adds 10 pounds too, right? Isn't that what they yeah. say? So imagine yeah. what that dude actually looks like in real life. Slenderman. You know what's funny about him? His dad shows up with, like, the VHS videotape recorder and <laughs> records his games. <laughs> Every game, he's in the stands with like like the shoulder camera with that you got to feed VHS stuff into. Where would sports be without those dads, man? They, they just wouldn't be the same. Shout out to dads. Um, Shout out to dads. And then beyond that, my sleeper, got to pick the hometown boys. I'm with Nick C on this one. Give me Rutgers. Rutgers men's basketball wins three games to get to the Sweet 16, not two. They win three games to get to the Sweet 16. All right, that's going to wrap up our little intro segment. But before we get into our free agency frenzy, last week we talked about uh, doing a combine breakdown, but there was way, way, way too many big pieces moving and shifting. We didn't feel comfortable doing the combine breakdown at this point. It's going to be next week now, and next week should be the the week. The stars finally align, and there's a little bit of a, a gap in our NFL uh, news where we can take a look at the combine a little bit more in depth. Um, so we're going to get into free agency frenzy, but not before we have a little bit of a bigger announcement. Uh, and Mr. Jace Burke's going to take it away here. Yeah, big news for the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Um, I know this podcast has been sponsored by Game Day Liner uh, for quite some time, but uh, a name that everyone in the fantasy community probably knows at this point, uh, Underdog Fantasy has agreed to partner with us as an official sponsor uh, of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. And we, we just couldn't be more excited to be a part of something so cool. Um, the three of us actually really, before we actually started the podcast, did an underdog fantasy league, uh, together, Peter, Max, and I created a team and it's a really good time. If you like daily fantasy, you're going to love this because you get to keep the team, uh, for an entire season and it's best ball. So you really get to take some shots. Um, especially right now, you know, the draft hasn't even happened. The rookies are on the board. You can, I mean, you can really swing for the fences. You can whiff big, or you can hit home runs. Um, I think but, uh, I think we took Deshaun Watson in that for like one dollar. We did, we did, and uh, we got burned. I mean, I mean, it was a dollar, but whatever. The prices are weird right now. I remember we had Anthony Schwartz in there, and I, I don't know. It's it's a good time to do that, but yeah. At the same time, there's not a whole lot of football stuff going on right now. They also offer a ton of things that you can do um, with basketball, different player props, um, creating uh, daily lineups, daily fantasy lineups. And then, like Peter said, the, you know, the MLB looks like it's going to happen. The MLB season's uh, going to go through and happen. They also offer the same things for MLB. So, you know, year round, you can hop on this app and play fantasy. Um, it's a really good time. I couldn't, I couldn't recommend it more. The same goes for the guys on this podcast. But more importantly, shout out to them for agreeing to partner with us. I mean, it's just such a wonderful opportunity. But yeah, with all the awesome stuff they have going on over there, if you're going to sign up and put some money into the account, sign up now with the code MONARCHY in all caps and get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash. So uh, you put in $100, bucks, they are putting in $100, bucks, and that's a, that's a lot of money to throw around and profit off of. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I know you brought up when we played on it before in the off season, uh, we did our little lineup together. I think it's a great segue into our uh, first topic here, free agency. And uh, I, I think I could be wrong, but I mean, when you're playing best ball, you want to have those guys that can go and catch 70 yard touchdowns, stuff like that. And first guy that comes to my head is uh, the third highest paid wide receiver right now in the NFL. Christian Kirk got the bag. Disgusting. What do we think? Disgusting. I love it. Look, if he's getting that number, Devontae's going to back up the Brinks truck. Give that man $50 million a year. Jeez. Yo, Devontae might ask for a billion. I mean, like, dude, he got rich. I, that's, uh, I heard it today. It's the bad team tax or the, you know, the last place tax. That's, that's just what you got to pay if you're at the bottom of the barrel like the Jaguars are. You, you got to overpay to get guys. You got to throw them, a you know, $10 million on top just to convince them to come on over. So I think that's what happened. They're, they're out there spending money. They're trying. But that is, uh, I don't know, man. They overpaid for a wide receiver two on most teams. Wide receiver three yeah. on, on most teams. Yeah. And something I will say, we will uh, we'll kind of – talk about this a little bit more as it goes on. I think this was such a gross overpay that it's really not going to reset the market. I, I really, I really think this is like GMs and then agents will be able to like leverage. Okay. Like bulky is just an idiot and, and just gave this guy money. Like this is not the going rate for a receiver that's like him. Right. Um, so like a Rob, when he eventually signs somewhere, uh, which will be a good transition into uh, something else uh, we talk about later. I, I don't think he'll get like top three money like that. So I don't know, yeah. man. I think he will. We'll we'll see what happens. He's all these wide receivers that are still on the board are a hundred percent going to be using that to uh, negotiate mm-hmm. and have some leverage. I mean, uh, but you know, they're like I said, like it's the tax you pay for being that bad. Maybe teams will try to explain that and chop things down, but I don't know. I, hey, good for Jacksonville, man. They're making other teams overpay. Maybe that's the deeper strategy of it. They're making them waste more money on players. And Absolutely. This is a Howie Roseman uh, install with uh, Doug Peterson down there now. This is like the, the mega mind by Howie Roseman, as he always does. Yep. Yeah, we're just not thinking long-term enough, you know. Exactly. Well, the money's going to dry up for everybody. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville threw away, threw away so much money. There's might dry up too, but, you know their plan might be a couple years down the road, be the richest team in the NFL, some decent studs. I saw something funny. Uh, this is uh, particularly for you, Jace. I know you're a big uh, Jag guy, just mm-hmm. a guy guy. Mm-hmm. They call them the Jaguars, all, capital J-A-G, <laughs> just a guy wars. I, I love that. Yeah, I saw, uh, I believe it was Chris Towers from CBS. He's a good follow. Um, I don't have his Twitter handle off the top of my head, but uh, he said, yeah, a Jag heading to the Jaguars. And I was like, that is just perfect. But the whole team, yeah, when you think about it, depending on how ETN pulls around, it could be a team full of Jags. It really could be the Jags. All right. That was a great segue to get us started. But we are going to go from the top here. I'm looking at the show doc right now. And obviously all those out there listening can't. But, oh, my goodness, we had a lot of deals and a lot of people to talk about. So we're going to try to keep it concise and as detailed as possible. It's a, it's really an art to do both of those at the same time, but we're going to start from the top. Obviously the biggest piece of news. I was in the theater going to see Batman when this news broke and I couldn't do anything about it because I was in the movie theater. I couldn't like scream my head off, but Tom Brady is back. Gentlemen, a lot of people bought in on the uh, 
the fear with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And a lot of people are going to be getting rewarded off of that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think I didn't think he was retired. I mean, I guess he was technically retired. But when I saw the Ronaldo Ronaldo conversation with him, I was like, all right, this guy's coming back. I uh, feel really bad for the guy that bought the the last touchdown pass. I saw that it was worth $50,000 now, and he paid $581,000 for it or something like that. So feels bad for that guy. But, you know, another year, and I think uh, I would probably pick the Bucks to win it all this year. The narrative is right there, and we all love a nice narrative. But, uh, yeah, I think fantasy implication-wise, like if you went out and bought any of these guys or picked Tom up, uh, off of waivers or made it through a third round pick for him and super flex like uh, you are massively profiting right now and in if you're a competitor right now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just filled with competitor only pieces Chris Godwin you could argue you know he's probably a longer term piece but you don't know how long it's going to be with Brady at this point um, you don't know what his quarterback situation is going to look like long term but Mike Evans he's getting you know what is he 30 years old I know he's Mr. 1000 but he's getting old. Tom, we know he's obviously old. Gronk is probably going to get re-signed to play with Tom another year old. Russell Gage, I believe, is 27 or 28 years old. Uh, is, you know, he just got signed, and we can talk about that later. But, you know, that team is old, and they're, you know, probably going to bring back Lenny or another, you know, Melvin Gordon or something like that. They need a cheap bet running back like that. Maybe they draft somebody. Um, but, yeah, they're competitor-only pieces at this point. So if, you, if your chippies are in, go get these guys. Yeah, I'm with you guys 100% on that. No need to uh, bring any further discussion into that. And with this next one, I'll actually allow Mr. Cleveland himself, Max Zoller, to discuss the trade that happened with his other favorite team. When I saw the trade, uh, it's Amari Cooper to the Browns. Um, I loved it. I mean, for the Browns, they paid a fifth and a sixth to get Amari Cooper, and they got a sixth in return. I get you're taking on his salary and stuff like that, but when you see Amari Cooper going for $20 million a year, then Christian Kirk going for $18 million a year, in hindsight, it looks pretty good, honestly. Um, but Amari, you would think he's, like, ancient. He's only 27, 28. He's been in the league for, like, seven years, but very pure route runner. And I think he's going to get force-fed targets in Cleveland with no Jarvis, no Odell. Um, we'll talk about the quarterback situation there later. But I like Amari from a dynasty perspective and from a fantasy perspective, and I'd probably say he's a – low end wide receiver too. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. I really don't know. Like, so he went from Dallas, a high volume passing offense with Kellen Moore over there, but now he's over with Kevin Stefanski, uh, very run heavy scheme. But the difference was in Dallas, he was competing for the number one spot, pretty much number two, almost all season. I know him and CD both kind of had down years, but he was operating as the number two in that offense. Now he's the number one, you know, uh, sure, they're going to pass less, but he's the number one. So I think the situation's relatively the same. Um, I just think he will be more of a focal point in this offense. Um, they're going to make more of an effort to get him the ball than Dallas did. Um, I think they value him higher than Dallas did, obviously, with what they got for him. But um, yeah, I still think they're going to add another wide receiver to this core. But this is Amari Cooper. He's been in the league forever. Yeah, I think he's a mid to low end wide receiver, too. If Deshaun Watson ends up over there, like you just bought yourself a nice low-end wide receiver one at a low-end wide receiver two price. So he's a fantastic buy low right now. I I don't think people are very excited about him to the Browns, but that provides a lot of value for you to make up in a trade. Uh, You can really buy low at this point. 
Yeah, just to just to talk about that for two seconds. He's an incredible buy low right now, just for the gamble that the Browns are going to get another quarterback. I feel like Garoppolo is their floor, and Garoppolo's been able to sustain a receiver in an offense. I won't say multiple receivers, but at least a receiver and Amari is going to be the number, the guaranteed number one there, not one A or one B. Um, and then, you know, we'll talk about it later, but Deshaun Watson could potentially be going there. We know what he did with Hop, and I think Hop is more talented than Amari, but still. Anytime you're going to have a like top six level quarterback feeding a wide receiver the rock, that's going to be insane. Amari's a very good route runner, man. He he runs very crisp routes. Yeah, he's. I mean, coming out of college, I, I've said this multiple times. He was a higher graded prospect than CD Lamb. So like that plus the experience, like he's a rock solid player. But another thing, um, in 2019, Baker at quarterback, he sustained 2,000 yard wide receivers. Jarvis Landry and Odell both went over the 1,000 yard threshold. So if it's going to be just Amari, like he could have a really nice season. I mean, really have a nice season. So if people, I mean, if you, if you had 201 or 203, would you send that over uh, for Amari Cooper at this point? Oh, yeah, that, 100%. I would as well, and I, I think that would probably be somewhat of a debatable one. You know, um, that if I had to do – would you do 201 and a 23-second for Amari Cooper at this point? Uh, I would do – I'd do his first for him. Wow, okay. Wow, wow. I'd still I don't do think like, you'll have to pay that, but – I'd do like 108 is like the highest I would go. I like that. Okay. People see the Browns and Baker Mayfield and just see red like that. That just hasn't looked good, especially last year with Baker. So banged up. So, I mean, I think you could probably pull off some kind of second round deal and hold your first rounder back. But the fact that we're willing to pay a back end first, I think screams, we still really like this guy. Yeah. A hundred percent. Piggybacking off of that. Our next free agent that we're going to be talking about is Deshaun Watson. Technically not a free agent, but going to be playing for a new team in the 2022 NFL season. He appears to have narrowed his list down to Cleveland, New Orleans, Carolina, and then the, uh, the sleeper team, Atlanta, where he grew up and was a ball boy for Mr. Arthur Blank. How does this news affect your buying power for some of these receivers? Now, Obviously, if Watson goes to a place, any receivers, any like legitimate receiver, their value probably goes up by a first round pick. So, you know, if Calvin Ridley was playing and he was worth one first, if Watson's there, he's worth two. Um, That essentially is what I'm saying. So what situations are you willing to take the risk on more likely than not and buy that asset low now so that you can potentially save and get a, a really good investment? So for myself, I'm just going to start it off. I really don't see him going to Carolina since it's a no trade clause. I feel like if he did not have a no trade clause, he would have been in Carolina already. David Tepper wants to win so bad. That's like his one personality trait is that he wants to win and just can never get the right deal done or have the right quarterback in place. I think he would be there and DJ Moore would go through the roof with a legitimate quarterback, but nice things cannot happen to DJ Moore and they will not happen to DJ Moore this year. Uh, if you just live with that philosophy, you'll be a happy man. So what are we feeling about for the other three teams? Are we willing to buy some of their pieces? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little too late to buy the pieces. I mean, we're on the eve of his decision, I would say, um, or whatever he decides to do after he meets with Atlanta tomorrow. People are going to be like, yeah, you know, like Michael Thomas. I forgot about him until you mentioned him, Peter. I think he has a great buy low piece, um, but I think a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, like I'd rather just wait and see if uh, he comes to Atlanta and kind of or New Orleans and take that gamble. Um, what I was doing, like right when, really right when league year opened for us to start trading was go out and get guys that needed a quarterback, whether it was Pittsburgh and Claypool and Deontay Johnson or Amari, I kind of just bought low on the dip there. But I mean, just those guys that I like, I wanted DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall, these guys that I think could get a quarterback and get a complete upgrade. Um, and then you just flip and flip them and sell them right away. Yeah. I think for me, if Watson doesn't end up in Carolina, by the way, I think you should go buy DJ Moore at that point. I know things aren't going to be great, but people are going to be so disappointed. It's going to be such a big discount, especially if you're a rebuilder. He's so young. Um, but I think, you know, the pieces that are really cheap and affordable and could actually make a difference are those guys that can go deep. You know, if we remember Watson in Houston, he had Will Fuller. And Will Fuller was like the best flex in the game to just absolutely win you a week. Um, so, you know, Robbie Anderson, I don't know how they're going to use him in Carolina, but if he were going to be a deep ball guy and he went there, I think Robbie Anderson would be worth uh, adding onto your roster. Donovan Peoples-Jones for the Browns, if he ends up over there, he's kind of profiled as their big deep ball guy, uh, contested catch guy. He's probably dirt cheap at this point. Um, he'd be worth a third round pick or even like 212 or something like that, just um, in case he can turn into the next Will Fuller. Um, and in New Orleans, Deontay Harris. Uh, Nick C knows this all too well. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, there's a guy that I follow on Twitter that, you know, he's comped him to some really nice wide receivers over the past few years. Uh, Harris is plenty young. He's got plenty of speed. We, he's, we saw flashes last year. So if he's going deep for Watson, I think. I, he could really uh, break open fantasy for himself. Um, on a serious note about Watson, again, while uh, while he did get cleared of all charges, there I believe is still maybe like one more hurdle in his legal case. Um, but I think he's basically in the clear. So any of these teams, and especially you, if you the listener, if you're trying to go out there and pick him up, and you're a little bit nervous about the legal situation, I, I I'm borderline certain that it's, it's a 100% good to go, and he will be playing football in the uh, 2022 NFL season. Where uh, to be determined? Yeah, well, I think he's going to play. I've been also listening to a handful of analysts. Pretty much every analyst that I've listened to said he is going to serve some sort of suspension. Um, so, you know, the, if the immediate news breaks, he's gone to one of these new teams, you know, maybe don't go rush out and go buy for him. Maybe wait for a suspension to get handed to him. Um, and then see if there's a little bit of a dip there. But if he is going to be suspended too, I think he's probably um, a little bit better suited for a rebuilder um, just because he's not going to be out there playing with his team at the beginning of the year and a new team, new system hasn't played yeah. know, since he a couple of years ago. So I think for me in Superflex or anything like that, I'm, I'm still waiting off. I know we all want to get really excited and go buy him because he's, he's so good when he's out there. But um, I think there's, you know, that suspension – if it does happen and how long it is could really put a nice dent in his price. Um, if you're a rebuilder, I was listening to the popular sports podcast, part of my take this week, and they were talking about potentially him serving a suspension. And they said, just because he's cleared by a grand jury or, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, I don't have my lawyer cap on today. 
just because he was cleared doesn't mean he's not going to serve a suspension. And then they talked about Big Ben in the past, who got cleared of all charges and still served a suspension when he had his run-in with the law, XYZ. There's been a lot of players that aren't convicted um, and still have to serve suspension. So that that is a good point. Don't try to buy in on the hype now. Uh, I would probably try to buy in if he you know, gets like a four-game suspension, five-game, who knows. That, that would be the best time to buy that uh, since you can't go back in time and buy him like a year ago. Right. Yeah. I think it all hinges. He's still got all those civil lawsuits, although they're not criminal anymore. He's still got to go to court and hash those out um, in a civil court. So um, I think that's why everyone's dead set on. There's definitely going to be a suspension. Um, maybe if all that were hashed out beforehand, maybe he wouldn't, but uh, everyone I listen to that's way more knowledgeable than I am says he's most likely serving one. All right. Moving on, Mr. Devontae Adams gets franchise tagged. There's rumor that he is not going to play on the tag and wants to get the bag. Are you guys concerned at all? Just quick, we've talked about Devontae ad nauseum on this podcast. Everybody knows how we feel about him, especially with Roger staying. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I am pretty nervous. I I don't know where they're going to get the money, especially with what they just paid Rodgers. So short answer, yes, I am nervous. I'm a little bit nervous just because the off season's crazy, but like, I think Devonte knows his situation wouldn't get any better if he were to go anywhere else. And, you know, his pocket might be a bit fatter, but professional football wise going to get a title, he's, he's in a really good spot in green Bay. So I, I think cooler heads will prevail and a deal will get done. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a pay raise or something like that, but, I think he's in Green Bay, and if there's a, like if there's another dip right now, I'm probably going to go buy it again because last year there was a giant dip. You bought him. It worked out well. Even a couple of weeks ago, I mean, up till Rodgers announced he was back, there's a sizable dip. He's older. There's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, buy the dips with Devontae. A guy like that is always going to produce. Even We've said it before. Even if he yeah. goes somewhere else, he's going to demand targets. Targets are demanded. Even if he's a top 10 guy instead of a top three guy, it's still Devontae Adams who will easily win you. He will easily win you weeks. Yeah, something that I, I want to say, and this is a, just more of a philosophy for myself um, than an overarching like fantasy advice. You have to be willing to ride players to zero, and I know that that's alarming. And maybe some of you just woke up from your nap, like by hearing me say that. <laughs> but there are certain players where you buy them, you have to be willing to ride them to zero, and Devontae is one of those guys. Wow. He's one of those guys that I'm always, no matter his price tag, I'm going to buy him when I can get fair value for him. I'm not going to overpay for Devontae, but if I can get fair value and, you know, he slips and falls uh, in a shower and like tears his ACL and never plays another football game again, you know what? Oh, well. And I was perfectly fine. And I made the correct decision because he's such a game breaker and he's a player that I'm perfectly fine riding to zero in that sense. So, you know, if he does sit out the whole season and I ride it to zero uh, and I buy him on a dip, oh, well, I I gambled and I lost. But at the end of the day, that gamble would have set you up in a position to win a championship. He's a perfect I mean, you only want Devontae if you're competing. So and when you're competing, you got to push your chips in and you have to take shots. They might not all work out, but you have to take shots because when they work out, like Peter said, he will win you a championship if it works out. And if he doesn't. I mean, you're a rebuilder. You just tear that thing down anyways and start rebuilding. So uh, I'm, I'm all for everything you just said. All right. Another one, Max, 
another Cleveland boy. This one uh, probably hurts more um, than the Baker news that we're going to be talking about. Tell me about Mr. Jarvis Landry. What happened? Uh, he wanted a multi-year deal. They only wanted to give him a one-year deal. They didn't want to pay him his $14.8 million, I think, that he was owed. Um, it hurts. Jarvis really changed the culture in Cleveland. I think Nick C can attest to that, Jace. Everyone really can. Um, he embraced the culture. He played when he was hurt. He gave it his all. And uh, I just want to see him succeed wherever he goes. So I, I think he'll go to a team that's ready to win, and I think he'll win. I, I couldn't agree with that more, man. Like, the it's contagious speech will forever sit with me. Um, that, that was just so wonderful. And from that speech on, that franchise was just straight up turned around. I, I just – you were just talking about riding people to zero. I wish the Browns just rode him to zero, just yeah. just to be in the locker room, just because that team, you know, we'll see what happens with Watson and who else they can land. But at the end of the day, the Browns probably aren't winning a Super Bowl. We we know this all too well. You know, push your window back. Just keep Jarvis on. Keep pushing that window back. Keep building good charisma in the locker room and just good standards. And I, I don't know, they didn't do that. He's 29 years old. If he lands in a high passing uh, volume offense, I think he could be a really good PPR option. Probably more of a wide, low end wide receiver too, or a flex these days. But depending on landing spot, he can, you know, I feel like he could PPR his way to 10 to 15 points a game, and depending on your format. I like that. Yeah. No, Jarvis is one of those guys where if he, and believe me, I, I, Max and I have talked for a very long time about his skill set. I think a lot of players are always dependent on who's thrown on the ball. Jarvis is a good player. He's not a great player. But good players can pretend to be great in good offenses. If he finds the right offense, like I've heard Kansas City, that's a little concerning because of the passing pie. But if you can find like a, uh, like a good offense with a good quarterback for him to be the number two, I, I would be 100% interested. Yeah, I think at this point with him, he's always for from this point on uh, until he's at zero. I think he's probably just going to be a better professional football player than he uh, he actually is at fantasy. That's kind of been his story since he got out of Miami, um, and I think that's going to continue to trend in that direction. But I mean, whoever lands him, if Kansas City did land him, like he would be such a nice piece for their team, just professionally to move this move the sticks, take some pressure off a of hill and Kelsey. So. I do think whoever gets him gets better as a team. All right, moving on. We have Mr. Michael Gallup. You know, I, I, I'm sensing a trend. Jerry Jones loves paying hurt players. Did it with Zeke, did it with Dak, and now Michael Gallup gets the bag. Five years, $62 million, $27 million guaranteed. And again, you heard that correctly. Five-year deal uh, from Michael Gallup to be the um, de facto number two with CeeDee Lamb. I feel like I would... I would buy in on Michael Gallup for the price that he's at right now, 10 times out of 10. There's nothing scaring me away from him. Uh, modern medicine is incredible. And while the ACL injury used to be really scary, he's like a physical specimen. And to have the number two in that offense with CD getting probably double covered, I'd really love that. It's the Cedric Wilson effect. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't need to say anything more. 26 years old, like Peter said, CD's going to get double teamed. Gallup's going to have a very, very good year next year. Yeah. Uh, Gallup in 2019 put up a top 22 season in PPR, 19 in standard, so somewhere in the middle and half point. If he is the true de facto number two and they don't go crazy and sp- go get another wide receiver in the draft, like 
CD just fell to them a handful of years ago. If Traylon just falls to them and they have to take him, he's going to take a hit because there are some really good wide receivers in this class. But if he's the de facto number two and he's definitely ahead of Schultz or even just competing as the number two with Schultz, he's he's going to be a fantastic player. 26 years old, like you said, Max, heading right into the prime of his career. Just got the bag, got the long-term investment. So, you know, Dallas likes him. I, I think this is a great situation. I do worry a little bit about Schultz or them adding somebody else, but if he starts out slow for any reason at the beginning of the season, I, I think that's a supreme time to go buy him in a window that I'm looking forward to um, just because I think he's going to prevail and, and be, I, I think he's got a really good chance to catch, you know, seven, eight touchdowns in that offense. hundred percent. So I, I think, 100%. you know, sky's the limit for, I mean, he could be the most elite wide receiver, too, moving forward if things go right. All right, moving on to the NFC North. Mr. Kirk Cousins gets one year, $35 million guaranteed. Uh, I saw another funny hypothetical online. Would you rather win a championship and make, like, $5 million or be Kirk Cousins? And his career earnings is up of upwards of $300 million now. It's, yeah. That's crazy, man. I mean, I'll kick us off. I don't know why the Vikings just want to be – mediocre like i could see them paying that much money if aaron Rodgers, like yeah you know i'm done playing football the division's wide open it's the lions jordan love and justin fields nope they want to pay that to come in second to play a wild card game and get bounced every year absolutely crazy you got an old aging running back just terrible move by the front office of the vikings kirk does it again man it's all fully guaranteed like he just gets bag after bag and he must have like the best like smile his agent must be the like best that. dressed man. I, I want to know what his agent has to say in these meetings. Listen, that agent, I think like your typical agent fee is like 5% of your contract. His agent's got to be getting 20%. Oh, like the, the bags that he's getting this man, it's insane. Yeah, this guy, yeah, he's like the Wolf of Wall Street, dude. He could definitely sell you a pen. Kirk Cousins, I think the biggest thing for me, I mean, professionally, I think they're just waiting for Dalvin Cook to just finally go kaput. And then they're like, because he's the heart and soul of their team, or at least has been over the past few years. I think once he's kaput, they'll probably commit more to a rebuild around J-Jet, but they still got Thielen. They, they still got some bets. So um, I think they're just kind of squeezing it out and see. I mean, we know it in fantasy. If you get hot, uh, you can get hot in the playoffs and anything can happen. So I think that's kind of just what they're going for. But moving forward into next year and in, in redraft specifically or even competing now in dynasty, Justin Jefferson, we have at least one more year of him being one of the best wide receivers in football. We don't have to worry about some rookie or some bum coming in and ruin what he's given us over the past couple of years. Um, I will say one more thing about Burke. I, I do think that it is quote unquote, a bad deal, but hindsight's 2020. 20, a lot of the time, I think last year around this time, everybody was saying that the jets were crazy for not extending Sam Darnold. I, I being one of those guys as well, I said, you know what, I want Sam Darnold. But they said, no, we're going to draft a quarterback in this class. And this is why front office guys usually, I won't say all the time, usually know more than fans. They were right because this draft class is kind of booty for quarterbacks. And the Jets didn't want to get stuck taking some guy that they weren't completely in love with. And it was the correct move to send Sam along his way. This seems like something similar to that, where they gave Kirk Cousins an extension. I believe it's just for next season, or it's as well as the season after that. And then next year they can draft their guy from the, the loaded quarterback class uh, that they have coming out of the NCAA 
and then just have him sit a year behind Kirk. So, all right. There's probably some Commanders fans out there, some commies out there that want to hear about Mr. Wentz. I'm just going to say interested or not. This is this this is a simple interested or not in Carson Wentz. Yes or no? Nope. Nope. I I kinda. That's the best I can give you. <laughs> kinda. You chose or interested or not. You said or. Yeah, yeah. Or or. Yeah. No, Jace. Jace, you're a big Terry guy, so just give me a little little spiel about what this does to Terry. Yeah, I think this is definitely an upgrade for Terry. I mean, Heineke, I don't have all the stats in front of me, but he didn't throw as many touchdowns. I know maybe their completion percentage was close to the same, but touchdown to interception ratio definitely favored Carson Wentz. Michael Pittman finished a top 17 or number 17 and half point PPR this uh, past season. So who I, I think Terry is better than Michael Pittman. So if Pittman can get that done in a really run heavy offense. I know Washington runs the ball quite a bit. Um, but maybe not as much because they don't have Jonathan Taylor and that line. I'd have to look at that as well. But I think if Pittman can sustain a top 17 season, I think Terry can give you a top 12 to top 15 season. But I think it's all going to hinge on touchdowns for him. Terry's always kind of been like that. He's been relying on some big plays, and I think it's going to be much uh, much of the same moving forward. All right, moving on. Zach Ertz, I think we talked about this on the pod last week. Uh, Zach Ertz gets a three-year, $31.65 million deal. We said his perfect place is in Arizona right now. That's an offense that is a tight and hungry offense. I really don't think that there's much to say. If you're a competitor and he's on some rebuilders team, send him like a late second-round pick, and I think you get that deal done every time. Yep. I love that, Peter. Love that. Yeah, he's very interesting in full-point PPR. We'll see what their wide receiver room and what targets look like there, but Max Williams, I've heard they want to bring him back too. I know he's coming off a mm-hmm. huge injury, but he's very good. And they used him a lot at the beginning of last season until uh, before he got hurt. I, if you have a taxi squad or taxi spot open or available spot on your bench for him moving forward, I would throw him on there because if Ertz ever gets hurt and Max Williams is healthy, I think he could be a week to week top 10 tight end um, if he's the only guy in that offense. Yeah. Definite touchdown away from relevance guy. All right, moving on. One guy stays in Arizona. One guy leaves. Mr. Chase Edmonds, two years, $12.6 million with 6.1 guaranteed for the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins always needed a running back, but he really doesn't sound like the solution to me. What are you guys thinking? I don't know. It, it's, it's, it surprised me. I thought the Dolphins would definitely draft a running back, whether it's Brees Hall or Spiller or one of these guys coming out of the Kenneth Walker, coming out of the draft. Um, I thought they were going to draft Javonta last year. Um, they ended up not going that route. So I think it fits what Mike McDaniel wants to do in that offense with Waddle, with Tua. Like he just is kind of that running back that fits that offense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like 12 million is a pretty fair, fair value if he can stay healthy. A hundred percent, especially for a guy coming from a smaller school who's put some good tape out there. I like this fit a lot. Uh, especially professionally, like Max said, I think this is a great fit for the offense. Fantasy-wise, you know, Max, it didn't sound like you think they're going to draft a running back anymore. A lot of people I listen to think they're still going to draft one. Um, They're going to pull that 49er system where they just bring in a bunch of guys and then see which one works. He's a pass catcher. He's super fast. Um, If they scheme him up the right way, he could be a really efficient RB2 or something like that. But I think that's probably the ceiling for him. You know, they still got Gaskin over there, who's probably more of a backup, but he does play a similar utility role, um, kind of a pass catcher. But 
Um, I think they'll continue to add to that backfield, which is going to continue to cap uh, Edmonds upside week to week. All right. From one Arizona running back to another, we have Mr. James Conner getting the bag. Mr. James Conner has been unlocked. He is the de facto number one running back. Uh, That's the word of the episode so far, the phrase de facto. The de facto number one running back in Arizona now, uh, three years, 21 million, 13.5 guaranteed. I still don't care. You're crazy, I, bro. I don't care. Are you salty you don't have him? No, I just think he had such great touchdown upside last year uh, that ended up cashing in. You won't be able to get him for his price. I, I just think he's way too expensive right now. So I, I just don't care. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in real quick. I do have Connor in one league, but I think this is a prime example of like selling high. Like I think they'll probably get somebody in the draft and Connor, everyone's going to look at him and say that he's the bell cow right now. So if you can flip him for a good return, I mean, I'm doing that all day. I'd, I'd have to agree. Like part of me agrees, but at the same time, like touchdowns, you can't predict them or anything like that. But Arizona has always like just been such a really nice spot for running backs. And then finally James Connor was the one who landed in that position and he cashed it in. But I think, a lot of his value is going to depend on, you know, if they draft another running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. If he's lined up to catch the ball out of the backfield, like I think he's going to be a freak if he's healthy, just based off of volume. And I think he really could be a bell cow, but he just had his age 26 season. History has shown running backs have their best season at age 26. Uh, Austin Eckler just had his CMC. Hopefully he's turning 26 this next year so he can ball out, but I think he might be 25, but I don't know. That cliff, it's right there, man. Twenty. He will be 27 uh, at the start of next season. So if you're a competitor, that's the only time you want him on your team. If you're a rebuilder, you don't want anything to do with Mr. James Conner. Um, what, what would you guys be willing to sell him for as a rebuilder? And what would you guys be willing to pay for him as a contender? He's worth two firsts if you're selling. 100%. Bro, what? A hundred percent. Did you not see the the year he just had? I understand, but no one's paying for a twenty seven year old running back. Who's paying two first? He just got. I'm saying that's his that's his price right now. When there's no backup, plus he just got a three year deal. I think and that I could would... be like a twenty five first and a current first. I'm not saying they got to be like this year's first round pick. I'm just saying I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't think about selling them for less than two firsts right now. Wow. For, I think personally, I I mean. I would sell him for probably up to like 106 or 107 in this year's draft. Maybe, maybe even a little bit late, just depending on my, where I'm at with my team, because the wide receivers in this draft class are really solid. You know, if James Conner could easily fall off a cliff, I know he signed like a three-year extension, but with running backs other than Zeke, that, that mostly doesn't matter. So I don't know. We'll see. I think if I'm sell like if I were a seller and someone offered me, 105 I would I I'd probably hit accept if I'm closer to a rebuild yeah slam accept if I got dude if I got offered 201 for James Conner I'd accept whoa really 100% hey look I'll buy him for that price I'm not sleeping anymore hey man you go I sold him in the in past offseason for a 24 first and I was like you know that's peak value for him I'm not getting any higher than that I think they bring in somebody. I think the offense is – it's a really weird offense. And like it's you guys said, weird. he's not going to get that many touchdowns again. 
I would slam except on 201 and anything yeah. well, above that. I think you got to play – if you're a James Conner owner right now, you have to play hardball. Yeah. And, and that's just my philosophy on it. You have to – like your baseline is two firsts. And if you want to if you want to sit below that in like a first and a third or like a first and a second, I, I would probably end up doing that. But I, I feel like you got to do two – you got to start the bidding at two firsts. Because yeah. look at the year he had. He's locked in with Kyler and and the new signing within Miami with Edmonds. It, yeah. It's like it, this is the perfect storm to sell him. If you guys were uh, acquiring him as a contender, what what's the most you're willing to pay? I don't want him. <laughs> I, I told you I don't want him either. Like I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. But like if I if I got a good deal, I'd pay two hundred one. I wouldn't pay one twelve. And I'm a freak. I'm a, I'm just a freak. The numbers, you know, I know it's one pick difference, but the one next to the pick versus the two next to the pick freak me out. Are you that kind of guy that like you'll get gas if it's three ninety nine, but if it's like four hundred one, you're like, dude, that's just a bad deal. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think I'm more irrational with fantasy football than uh world economics so good good that's how i think it should be um i, I really don't want him if i'm a if i'm a competitor jace i mean that's that's tough man i, I would be willing to pay juju smith schuster mm. oh god yeah you're probably not god. getting that done <laughs> uh, yeah, i don't yeah. want him i think draft pick wise if i'm competing right now i'll shell out a 24 first in a heartbeat just because if it works out um, you know, this could be what we hope Dalvin Cook is this next season. Um, you know, like the touchdowns could stay there if he if it's just him. You know, some of these target uh, totals: week nine, five targets; week ten, four targets; week eleven, six targets; week fourteen, nine targets; week eighteen, six targets. Like if he's doing that, he's a true bell cow. Like just from a going for perspective, I mean, he could be a, a, a top three, top five running back again, and he'd be well worth the 24 first if he helps you win a ship a ship but um i think in this year's draft i think i would be willing to pay up to like 109 108 just because i think he's probably worth more than any of the running backs in this class with the exception of Hall and probably isaiah spiller probably um but other than that i'd take him over any running back in this class wide receivers are a different story but if you're a competitor you do need those running backs to go win and he could definitely he could do that for you. He's he's a good third back to have or fourth back on your option. Oster, we don't need to talk. He, you guys amaze me with that with that uh price value though. That's good. We'll we'll move on in, in two seconds, but I think it is important, and we talk about this every week, every single week. Everybody values players differently, and you know what? You could have two competitors valuing a player completely differently as well. Two rebuilders. That's why it's really important to gauge your value before you make an offer and kind of understand where that person's mind is uh, on a certain player before you make that offer. Cause you don't want to scare them away. You think about like um, it's a, it's a weird analogy, but anybody that grew up playing Pokemon, like you couldn't just throw the ball at them randomly and expect them to be captured. Like you had to whittle them away and kind of like learn a little bit about them and then, and whittle them down before you made that offer mm-hmm. before like you throw that. the poke, the pokeball at them. Like you can't just like throw it and, and you know, every now and again, it will, get accepted and that's a lucky day but you gotta kind of do your due diligence first it's yeah, yeah it's kind of like when i when i first was like oh i'm gonna play dynasty fantasy football like i think my first step in my mind was like you know i have to live with peter i have to be able to talk to him every day and like i had to whittle him down you know so i moved <laughs> oh, in boy, I, lived, did you. I lived with peter for two years just to get these trades done 
And I mean, I would say it worked out, you know, I got a, I got a championship in the end, but it was all just to get the championship. And in the end, it was worth it. So yeah. One other thing too, is, you know, look at your team, like look at dynasty teams as a spectrum. It's not just black or white competitor rebuilder. There's young, super young rebuilders. There's rebuilders that could make it to the playoffs. There's young stud teams that are competing now, but could still rebuild if the time comes. And then there's those teams that are just full on competitors. Everyone's a vet. Um, it's a redraft team. Essentially, you're probably out of picks. That's the only place I really want James Conner. And, you know, if I'm a young, like a, a young stud competitor, say like, a, you know, three fourths the way up to competitor. Sure. Maybe he might be a, a piece to go trade for in the middle of the season to just, you know, get some wins and, you know, have them ready for your playoff team. But pretty much if I'm not all in competitor, I really don't want James Conner just like you guys do. All right, moving on. Mitch Trubisky to the, the Steelers. I, I feel like, hey, look, Deontay Johnson's value didn't hit the floor. That That's all I can say about this. Yeah, well, it didn't go up, and I wanted to go up. So I, I think probably the biggest thing is Chase Claypool. If, you know, they keep using him as a deep target, Trubisky can't right. really throw the deep ball that, wall, uh, that well. So. Claypool, if you're a super young rebuilder, he's probably going – he's worth going to buy right now. His stock might drop even further as the season Pennies on the dollar. Pennies yeah. on the dollar. Yeah, and uh, Deontay Johnson, you guys said it didn't take a hit. It didn't go up. It pretty much stayed the same. It'll probably be less volume, a little bit less volume, but a little bit more efficiency, and the touchdowns yeah. will probably stay exactly the same. 100%. All right, moving on. Uh, Nixie, is this a – misprint because it says uh christian kirk four years 84 million that rounds up to 21 million i thought it was 18 million did the jaguars get fleeced an extra three million dollars a year or is that a part of his bonus it really doesn't matter the meticulous uh, nature of his contract they paid that man who has done borderline nothing the last three years in arizona uh jace can attest to that living uh living and watching him out there i'm gonna leave it at this he's a jag you can say J, I can say A, Jace can say G, and we can end it at that. All right, we'll cheerlead J. A. G. Let's Next. keep it going. Evan Ingram, J. J. A. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't say G. I mostly want to say uh, G. But oh I was I'm sorry. I was hyped for Dan Arnold in the, the Doug Peterson offense. Zach Ertz was a tight end who's never really been that spectacular of an athlete, but just got the volume in that offense. Evan Ingram has always been an athletic freak. He can't block. I, mean, he, I could probably block better than him, and I'm probably seven inches shorter and 50 pounds lighter, or maybe not. I don't know. I've been eating quite a bit, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know. They they got a lot of mouths to feed over there, but if he's got a chance to be you know, the number two target, or maybe even, I don't know, the number one target if Christian Kirk really is that much of a jag, then I think he, he might whittle his way into a top 12 tight end with some pretty good weekly upside. Um, other than that, I'll give you guys the G. Thank you. Thank you, Jace. That means a lot. Yeah. DJ sure. Chark gets a prove-it deal from the Detroit Lions. I I would usually be inclined to, uh, to jag this man, but I think on a prove-it – Prove it deal one year, 12 million. I feel like he's going to try to ball out because, again, those one year deals, those guys aren't complacent. And who else are they going to throw the ball to? Amon Ra, like 30 times a game. Hawkinson, 
I think this is going to help open up that offense. And I would be willing to, to throw an early third or, or late second for DJ, DJ Chark right now, 100%. He's very young. I mean, I really like how you like how you framed it that um, he's going to try and ball out. Um, I feel like when you're like on a one year deal, I feel like that's the goal is to try and uh, I'm a smart ass. I should just, I should just stop. No, it's, it's, it's true. And there's just more urgency with his contract. So believe me, I've seen the jets sign guys to multi-year deals and they just show up and, and jog the whole game. So yeah. this guy's hungry. He's a young kid too, you know, if he has a bad year, he could be potentially out of millions and millions of dollars. DJ Chark, they got a, I mean, they got a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. I know, you know, they got Swift, Hawk, like you said, they got Amon Ra, who uh, showed up at the end of last season. We know that all too well for our boy Juicy. Juicy, Juicy. Um, they re-signed Khalif Raymond. I don't think that matters at all, but they, they just added back to that. I think they're probably going to end up drafting someone. I mean, they said they wanted to add a big name and draft someone. They want all of the competition they can get in that wide receiver room. Chark, I just, for me, yeah, like you said, he's worth a flyer. No more than a late second, early third. Like you said, that's all I'm willing to pay for him at this point. Just he's always kind of been like a beta version of Terry McLaurin in, in my eyes. He doesn't, he doesn't separate really well. He's more of a downfield threat than a volume guy, uh, than more of a possession wide receiver. So, I don't know. Jared Goff being your deep ball guy, DJ Chark being a deep ball guy, I don't know how much fantasy upside there is other than a few. You know, maybe in best ball, I think he would be good. But other than that, I think you're you're hoping he can develop into a flex this year and then go get a bigger contract and a better uh, position elsewhere to become a wide receiver too uh, in a couple of years. All right. It's time. It's about time I was able to talk about the incredible offseason that uh, Mr. Joe Douglas has performed for the New York Jets already in before their 5-11 and 11 finish or 5-12 and 12 finish uh, this upcoming season. But again, nobody rules the offseason like the New York Jets. It's TJ Utsama, three-year, $24 million, really low amount of money. I'm shocked for, for uh, a vet of his, his caliber. Uh, three years, $24 million for C.J. Uzama to join the New York Jets. As the resident Jet insider, I will say they are still looking to add another tight end in the draft or potentially in free agency. That tight end room finishes the worst tight end room in the league, as well as their defense. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot to be doing uh, for the New York Jets right now. What are you guys thinking about Uzama potentially becoming that blanket for Zach Wilson, which he desperately needs? He can't keep throwing to Corey Davis. Yeah, I mean, I had C.J. Uzama, and then he got traded to the Jets. I put him on the trade block, hoping that you would be like, oh, let's go. He's a good pick. I didn't get much reaction from you, and then he just kind of looked gross on my team, so I dropped him. I kind of regret that, but I, I think it's a pretty good signing. I mean, Will Disley's – I saw a stat on Twitter. Will Disley's going for the same price and has done absolutely nothing. Uzama in an offense with all those weapons still was able to put up a good year. I get Joe Shiesty had a good year, but I think it's really good for uh, for Zach Wilson. I think CJ Uzama is droppable and will be droppable. I think I I think he's the most jag guy ever. And I think last season, you know, we thought he had a nice season. He finished as the number 19 tight end. Maybe should I read all of his game? No. Okay. So the only games that he had over 10 points were two weeks. He went for 24 and 22. 
Other than that, his highest scoring game in half point PPR was nine points. Okay. And he didn't even do that very often. He was more uh, two catches for nine yards, three catches for nine yards, two for 16. I mean, this guy in that prolific offense, he gave you two really good weeks. Other than that, he's not a, um, I think Elijah Moore is going to be a big target. You know, I've seen them grabbing another wide receiver in the draft. I think they will, they will certainly grab another wide receiver, whether it's in the draft or in free agency. So yep. be ready for that. If you're a Elijah Moore holder, hold through the panic. And uh, you know, Mike Carter can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, they're like you said, probably going to draft another tight end. I think he's more of like a locker room veteran presence, more of a better professional player than he is fantasy player. If you could get any kind of third round pick out of him, I would just take the third round pick. Other than that, get ready to drop him because I think it's coming. Yeah, I was hoping for a third. I was. Yeah. Uh, resident Jet fan, I'm going to stay out of the fantasy argument. Uh, I think there's opportunity given the fact that the coordinator LaFleur comes from the Shanahan styled offense where the tight end is an integral part to the team where in Cincinnati, it's not an integral part of that offense, but I, I'm, I'm still with you guys. So again, take it with a grain of salt. I'm just saying don't count them out from having a fantasy relevant season. I'm saying top like 16 season just because of the style of offense he's joining, but I, I still think it's, it's going to be irrelevant. All right. We are going to lightning round through these last couple signings and then talk about some free agents that are still yet to be signed. Lightning round, it's it's going to be a yes or no. Yes, yes or no. Or no <laughs> for Jays. Yes or no. Okay. All right. Russell Gage to Tampa. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and by the way, this is, yes, we're interested, and we'd throw out a feeler. Deonta Foreman signs with Carolina. No. No. Or, I'm an or guy here. If you have CMC, you can never have enough backups because you just don't know who's going to be getting the, the rock there when he's gone. Because he will miss games at this, at this kind of level of his, uh, his body. Sure. Absolutely. Mo Ali Cox signs with Indianapolis. No, I don't know who the quarterback is. He's the only tight end over there right now, so I'll give him an or, um, but probably no. I'm going to give him an or as well. Just monitor the situation. Mm-hmm. Cedric Wilson goes to Miami. Yes. No. No. Emphasis on no. Haters. Big time, big time hater. Zay Jones goes to Jacksonville. Derek Carr loses his best friend. J. A. G. J.D. McKissick goes to Buffalo. Yes. So we have a yes, we have an or. I'm going to say yes as well. Max knows I have an irrational love for J.D. Maybe it's because I hit a two-touchdown bet on him about eight months ago. (laughs) I remember that. That was a really nice payout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Super nice. And he has screwed me in the past in fantasy, uh, but no, he, he's a very good player. When he catches the ball in space, he, he's very agile, so I'll, I'll go with yes. I, I'm extremely interested. All right, we have our remaining free agents as of right now, and we are going to zoom through these. Zoom. We're going to assume the best. We will assume the best scenario here. 
So I'll just shout out like a best scenario for the player. And okay. if we are interested, okay. Okay. Odell and the Rams. Yep. Yes. Yes. Big for me to say. A Rob and wherever Deshaun Watson goes. Yes. 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 A Rob and an irrelevant team. No. Or I'm on the or. Or. Okay. Famous Jameis back to New Orleans. Yes. No. Yes. Especially in Superflex. There's going to be so many question marks with quarterbacks at Superflex this year. Uh, I'm really in on him. Yeah, he can sustain wide receivers too. Yeah. Um, He's done that in the past. Juju Smith-Schuster, Kansas City. Yes. No. Nope. Marcus Mariota, Indianapolis. Yes. No. I'll say yes. I'll go or. I'll say yes. I'll take a running quarterback with an incredible offensive line. Amen. Who is actually a pretty good thrower of the football. He's not bad. Leonard Fournette resigns with the Bucks. Yes. 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 Leonard Fournette goes anywhere else. No. No. Literally, literally 31 other options. Yeah. All right. Good. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon goes to uh, Buffalo. Oh, no. man. That would suck. Uh, that would be an instant no. Well, where would you think is his best option then? I think Miami would be a good spot. Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta would probably be a decent I would spot. really like him in Atlanta. That's a better that's a better take. My bad. I will say running backs have gone there to die recently. Mike Davis Todd. got a bag to go over there. Todd. Um, rip yeah, rip Todd. Todd. Yeah. It's true. I mean people have gone over there to die at the end of their career. Cordero Patterson resigns. With Hotlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gage gone. Oh, yeah. Cordero literally goes anywhere else. No. No. Big no. Rashad Penny resigns with Seattle. Or? Uh, yes. I think he's worth a feeler. So I'll say yes. Like, yeah. A super yeah. late second. Like, if you got 211. Penny could zero out. But at the same time, if he ends up in Seattle, they're the people that keep giving him a shot and have wanted him to succeed for so long. So if he's back there again, I'm sure, especially with Russ out the door, like they're going to be like, dude, go out there and just see how many carries you can handle. So yes, if he's back there anywhere else, hell no. Will Fuller reunion with Watson. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Uh, Will Fuller back to Miami. No, no. <laughs> no, I don't think you'll find a single soul on this planet that says that. I'm with you. Uh, MVS back in Green Bay, or yeah, or I'm always he's always on the or train, depending on Devonte and his yeah. uh, his status. Yeah, um, literally MVS in any other team. If MVS ended up with Deshaun Watson, yes, anywhere else, no, all right. Uh, Robert Tunyon, I feel like a good pick, a good place for him to, to kind of land would be Tunyon in Tennessee, the double T. TT, yes. Yes. Yes, Tunyon back in Green Bay. Yeah, Tunyon's not bad. Yeah, yeah I think – I don't think 
MVS is going to be back, I think it's going to be Lazard. So it's just one more wide receiver target out the door. Amari Rogers would probably step up, but Rogers is familiar with Tunyon. Caught a lot of touchdowns yeah. that one year. So, yeah. All right. That's going to wrap up the show. Uh, we've gone through the, the main highlights of the remaining free agents, as well as going through all the new signings, uh, the fantasy relevant new signings. I did want to say this is this is the perfect time for every team. Every team is zero and zero right now. This is this is my favorite time to be a Jet fan. You know, we get all the hype. We get some good offseason additions and then, you know, we eventually crumble. But enjoy this time right now. You have NFL free agency plus the tournament. Your team is 0-0. Your team is basically undefeated at this point in the year. Even if they haven't made any moves yet, just just try to appreciate NFL free agency and, and fantasy at the same time. Yeah, before we go, a lot of free agency talk. You know, there there, there could be a lot of shot taken in your leagues, but I uh, this is from Rich Rebar at Lord Reeves on Twitter. He did a list with wide receivers with a top forty ADP that changed teams via free agency in the off season. Uh, only nine out of thirty four people or players increased their points per game, and only three of them by two plus points. Six out of the 34 bested preseason ADP uh, by the end of the season. So usually when wide receivers are switching teams this offseason throughout history, it really hasn't worked out that much. So tread lightly this offseason. Definitely take your shots and have fun with it. But at the same time, just be cautious just because these wide receivers switching teams, no matter how talented they are, how much money they get paid, more often than not, it does not work out for fantasy. All right. Any parting words of wisdom? From the Monarchs. By the time you listen to this episode, Deshaun Watson will probably be on a team. And if you are listening all the way to the end of the episode, which I hope you do, send us what you would trade for Deshaun Watson on his new team. This is very true. I like that. We'll we'll make sure that we have a Twitter poll out gauging his value. But again, did want to shout out, uh, did want to shout out our brand new sponsorship with underdog fantasy and again while it's an incredible uh feat for us to get very large company to sponsor us i did want to say it would be completely 100 percent impossible without the love and support and of all the fans that we get all the fans all the listeners you guys are incredible our twitter has grown like crazy over the last month and again a lot of that is due to our super producer nick c but I did want to say thank you so much uh, to all the fans out there that that eventually helped us get a deal. And when we started this, we just did it because we love talking fantasy to each other. Um, we never expected to make money from it or anything like that. But again, did want to shout out the uh, the Monarch Nation out there. We're going to have some uh, things on Underdog and future uh, podcasts doing some different pickums, And we're going to create a team with the salary cap, the best ball league that they do. It's a really good time. Uh, so I wanted to reiterate again, if you're looking for fantasy things to do, they got NBA, they got MLB. Um, and if you're going to sign up and put money into the account, use the code MONARCHY in all caps, and they are going to match your deposit up to $100. And if you don't know how to spell that, find the nearest dictionary and it will help you out. Wiser words have never been said. All right. Thanks, everyone. Again, we'll see you next week for our Rookie Combine Breakdown, the long-awaited, long pushback show. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter.
Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>